the prize fighting roams so far beyond the bounds of Victorian-era sensibilities that most American jurisdictions outlawed the sport. Government, however, could not legislate away bloodlust. Brawlers and fans engaged in elaborate cat-and-mouse dances with the police and often found refuge in remote locations such as islands, backwoods, and cow pastures. The scheming matchmakers who had secured the barge that now beat against the current of the Hudson River were sailing the sport into uncharted waters by choosing a battleground that lacked any ground whatsoever. Under the cover of darkness, the tugboat continued to urge the unlit barge upriver. Once they reached the tip of Manhattan at Spitendivel Creek, Dutch for Spouting Devil, the men ignited oil-soaked torches, backed by reflectors to prevent their being spotted from shore, and pitched the twenty-four-foot ring on the barge deck. Despite their best efforts at secrecy, reports filtered back to the 22nd Precinct that a large group of sporting men had slipped away from the pier at the foot of West 43rd Street a little after 9 p.m., most likely bound for a nearby island to stage a prize fight. The harbor police received orders to locate the suspicious barge. In the hopes of confusing any pursuing lawmen about which jurisdiction they would sully, the fight contingent's tug straddled the watery state line between New York and New Jersey. Finally, ten miles upriver, they halted near the New York suburb of Yonkers, and an anchor struck the murky midstream bed of the Hudson. In the dimly lit reaches of the ring, a hulking figure with blankets draped over his broad shoulders sat huddled on a camp stool. John L. Sullivan shivered lightly as he listened to the Hudson lap against the barge and felt the river roll softly beneath his feet. He breathed in the cool west breezes, fragrant with grass and trees, that dissipated the fumes of whiskey and cigars hovering over the barge. The twenty-three-year-old boxing phenom from Boston had been the chatter of the heavyweight class, reportedly blessed with the perfect combination of speed, strength, and stamina— the slugger had dominated every opponent he had faced. New York fight fans risked arrest and paid the steep ticket price of ten dollars to see him, and hopefully watch him get pounded by the city's biggest brood, John Flood. Outside of his manager, Billy Madden, and his second, Joe Goss, John L. had few friends in the heart of Gotham. The locals gave the scattered Sullivan backers on board three-to-one odds— when the Boston strong boy shed his blankets and stood stripped to his waist, however, Flood's backers had second thoughts. Muscular without being muscle-bound, Sullivan was constructed like a pugilistic product of the industrial age, a wonderful engine of destruction manifest in flesh and blood. The faint torchlight tickled his chiseled biceps and rippled back, it gleamed off his thick chest, from which his deep bass voice rumbled. It lit up his enormous shoulder blades, which provided the necessary foundation to support his bull-like neck and bullet-shaped head. His clean-shaven chin glistened like polished granite, although darkness hid in the recesses of a deep dimple. Sullivan's pristine skin, full set of even teeth, and straight nose belied his profession— and visibly testified to the inability of foes to lay a licking on him. His coarse black hair was closely cropped to prevent Flood from grabbing and pulling it during the fight. 
Even Sullivan's one physical deficiency, his short, stubby legs, aided his quickness and ability to rapidly change positions. Among the greatest weapons this fighting machine possessed, however, were dark, piercing eyes. Sullivan could say terrible things with his ferocious stare, which often crushed opponents before he ever threw a punch. As he glared beneath his heavy black brows at his foe, those eyes blazed even brighter, because John L. knew a clear victory would likely earn him a match with the reigning heavyweight champion, upstate New York's Patty Ryan, who was aboard the barge. Sullivan hungered so deeply for the title that, as much as he abhorred training, he had spent six weeks every day since agreeing to the fight, tirelessly working with Madden. Just north of five feet ten inches tall, John L. arrived in New York in peak shape at 180 pounds. Flood carried a nearly identical build and had a reputation as a terrific hitter, though he lacked any ring experience.